The Hearts Knox Life is sponsored by Robinson Creek Home Health and Hospice. Robinson Creek Home Health and Hospice is located in Austin, Texas, and we can help coordinate with nursing and all therapy needs. If you have a friend or family member that could benefit from Robinson Creek Home Health and Hospice in-home clinical team, let your healthcare provider know that Robinson Creek Home Health and Hospice is your choice. Go to rchomehealthhospice.com or call 512-328-7606. Hard Knocks Life Podcast is what you are now tuned into. Let's get it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's get into it. It's your boy, Harbaugh Harge, and here we are again. Another episode of the Hard Knocks Life. I want to thank you again for all the support that you have been giving me, and uh, I appreciate the love. Continue to look out for some of the latest episodes that we're going to be having, whether it's here on the Hard Knocks Life, stories from inside the man cave, locked on Longhorns, and be on the lookout for the new Hard Knocks Life featuring baseball and my man, Coach Ty Harrington, former baseball coach of the Texas State Bobcats. We will be doing that this week, previewing baseball, because guess what, folks? It's that time again. But I want to start today's show off by talking a little bit about what to expect this year on the 40 acres. And one of the things that I wanted to touch on, and I was going to do this at the end of the show, but I want to do it at the beginning of the show. And then I'll preview the Texas uh, Baylor matchup today at the Frank Irwin Center, excuse me, Club Irwin tonight as Baylor takes on the Texas Longhorns and Baylor's coming in hot. They're undefeated. Uh, You know, it's a big game on a super Tuesday when ESPN is doing it. John Shambi and the man Dick Vitale, Dickie V baby will be on the call, but I want to start with our man, Vince Young. Vince Young is back on the 40 acres. He should have never left. I know that everyone wants to point fingers and say, that this happened and that happened. But let me just tell you this. Vince Young should have been on the 40 acres. He should have been working with the athletic department and continuing to grow as an individual. One thing I, I, I will always say is this. You, you, you got to take care of the people that helped put you in the position that you're in. The University of Texas exploded. Now, I told you last week that it, no matter what, the 40 acres are the 40 acres. It's going to be there, whether Vince Young is at the campus or not at campus, if Colt McCoy is on campus or not on campus, and anyone else that you want to talk about, Jody Conrad, DeLos Dodds, Mac Brown, Daryl K. Royal, uh, Ricky Williams. We can go on and on, Earl Campbell. But when you look at what Vince Young meant to this university, the championship. We're still talking about a championship that Vince Young and Michael Griffin, Michael Huff, that whole team was unbelievable. But VY was the person that everyone talked about. I mean, think about the people that are at the 40 acres or doing something around the Longhorn Network or anything having to do with Texas athletics. 
everybody still talks about Vince Young. Everybody talks about VY to the corner. And regardless of the things that happened to Vince or Vince created for himself, the problems that Vince might or might not have had, we're not that man. So it's easy to point fingers. If you don't know everything that goes into being a individual, you shouldn't comment on it. Yeah, everybody's going to have opinions. Hell, I've even talked about it when I was on AM 1300 The Zone. I talked about the struggles. For those that don't know and are new to this program, I was a former professional baseball player. Did I get to play in the big leagues for a long time? No. Did I, you know, was I on the 40-man roster? Did I rub elbows with every single person that you could think of during that time of 1990 till when I finished in 2001-2002 season? I got to meet a ton of people that were very successful. But if you don't understand what it's like to be the person, the man, it's easy to make a comment. It's easy to point fingers. But if you've never walked in those shoes, you have to kind of let that go. VY was the ultimate superstar at the University of Texas. He had swagger. He had class. My man was out there doing his thing, and he played on some unbelievable football teams. But at the end of the day, he's still a human being. And with much success, a lot of things happen. Yes, he did some things off the field, but I don't live in a glass house, so I can't throw no stones. I'm not the one who has been doing the things at his level and been around the situations and made the money that he's made. But the University of Texas is good for Vince Young. It's good to have him around here. And I'm excited for VY to be back at the 40 acres because the energy level is going. You know how they always say business just picked up, business chicks just picked up because VY is here. And uh, I'm happy for him. I'm glad that Chris Del Conte got this right. And what a lot of people don't know, and I probably shouldn't even talk about this, but you know what? I don't care. I'm going to talk about it. That's what you're here for. You want the truth, and your boy Harbaugh Hard is going to give you the truth. The University of Texas kind of did VY wrong in letting him go and not reaching out. And people can say, well, he wasn't showing up for work. You don't know what his job responsibilities were. You can hear the gossip and you can hear the rumors, but if you don't know what it's about and there's not a plan laid out and all you need me to do is check in, but I'm trying to do other things to increase my, my money flow. If you don't give me a directive, then I'm assuming I don't have to be in a certain area at a certain time. Well, you're making money for that. Well, put me on a schedule, put me on VY or Mike, excuse me. I won't even use VY. If you want me to be somewhere at a certain time and to meet with this person or that person, I'll be there. Vince got inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame and had his own party. Yeah, University of Texas was throwing a party for him. But at the time, they weren't on good speaking terms and nor did they correct it. But you expected him to show up to something that you didn't talk to him about to register. So when people want to point fingers at VY and they want to talk bad about VY, Y'all might want to take a step back and look at some of the things that happened that led up to these situations. Again, 
whatever happened to VY, he's paid his penance. He's done his things that he needed to do. And now he's back on the 40 acres. I'm not going to go into the past. I don't want to go into the past on a lot of things, but there was no reason for the University of Texas not to have VY Vince Young at the university and being in front of these young players and teaching them the rights and the wrongs of their career. That makes no sense. I know he was working with the diversity uh, part, development part over at the 40 acres. He needed to be in the athletic department where he could be with those kids that come from the strange struggle that he came from so he can educate and work with these. He can still chill with the boosters and do the things that he wants to do, but they need him on the 40 acres because a lot of these kids grew up watching VY. They know what VY meant to this university. They know what that national championship, because in case y'all had noticed, we don't have another national championship on the 40 acres, except for the one, the last one that he brought. And before that was even longer. Now we can go back and say Colt was going to win a national championship if he didn't get hurt. I believe that too. I'm all in with that too. But as of right now, Vince Young is the one that brought a national championship with that great team that he was on with my boy Mike Griffin doing his thing. Let me transition to this. Texas basketball taking on the Baylor Bears. Number two, Baylor, 16-0, 8-0 in Big 12 play. They're taking on the number six, Texas Longhorns, 11-3, 5-2 in Big 12 play. Um, this, this game, if you look at the game on paper, by the way, it's at 6 o'clock Central Time, Super Tuesday, ESPN, John Shambi, Dickie V on the call. Baylor is one of three undefeated teams that are left in the country. Gonzaga and Drake and Baylor. Baylor's number two in the nation for a reason. These guys, man, let me just tell you, it is unbelievable when you watch this team play because you think you, as a team playing against Baylor, you think you're in the game. Baylor go on a run and then they'll go cold for a little bit. And then all of a sudden that second half happens, they make some adjustments and they smother you. The problem that I have, and I'll get into some of the players, and Texas Longhorns, they have been struggling a little bit. And people are like, what do you, what do you mean they're the number 16? Shockham came back from COVID for the first time, uh, January 31st. It was the first time that the Texas basketball team had everyone at practice for 19 days. 19 days. They played the last contest was against uh, number 24, Oklahoma. And they only had eight scholarship players available. They had two walk-ons, and they were without Shaka. Sunday, January 31st, was the first date in 19 days that all 11 scholarship players and Coach Smart were on the practice court together. And I'll get into the COVID situation and, and what that means for other teams and how this is going to work. But this game, to me, I'm going to give you my breakdown of this basketball game first and then i'll get into the COVID. the breakdown in this basketball game is going to be how does courtney ramey who's coming off COVID, who might be weak may not be the best um how does courtney ramey andrew jones and and matt coleman all older players all leadership type players how did they react against jared butler who is up for the wooden award late in the season he's a top 20 Davion Mitchell, number 45. So you got Jared Butler, number 12. These are the numbers you need to pay attention to. Number 12, 
Number 45, Davion Mitchell, who was co-Big 12 player of the week last week. Number 31, Maceo Teague. And as a group, Maceo Teague and uh, Davion Mitchell, Baylor is 42 and four when those since those two have started playing together in 2019. Baylor is nine and one in the last 10 games versus UT. Baylor leads the nation in scoring margin. They're plus 24.8, plus 24.8 when it comes to scoring margin. And let me tell you this, that is a huge, huge number. They're beating players by 24 points, 20, 20, almost 25 points a game. Their closest game was to Texas Tech, and Tech lost in Lubbock by eight points. This Baylor basketball team is one of the toughest that we've seen in a long time. And as I said, they're 16 and 0, 8 0 in the Big 12. They seem to be on track to be in the national championship game. And I know that's a long way away. But Baylor already went through their COVID situation early in the season. And they look like a very, as Coach Shaka Smart said, they're a very close knit basketball team. They know what they're doing with each other. They're pushing each other so hard and they're making things happen. So Courtney Ramey, um, like I said, Courtney Ramey, Matt Coleman, and Andrew Jones, I need them to play big. Jericho Sims, he's been out. I need to see him. Brock Cunningham is also one of those tough guys that could come in. But, again, these guys are coming from COVID, so you don't know exactly how their strength's going to be, what's their level going to be, what is their abilities going to be. The one thing that really bothers me about this Texas basketball team, and I, I – Believe me, and I've told y'all this before, I'm invested into this basketball team more than you know. I'm very invested into this basketball team. So don't take what I'm saying as something that I'm being negative or I'm not pulling for this basketball team. If you know anything about me, I try to be a realist when it comes to these things. I love basketball. I pay attention to the basketball games. My son, I've told you this before, my older son, Michael Harge Jr. went to Tarleton State. And by the way, Tarleton has the most wins by a Texas team since the 2000, since 2000. That's right. Most wins by a Texas team since 2000. And he led his team to the elite eight and the final four and back-to-back seasons as a point guard. So I, I, I consider myself someone who pays attention to the game and I watch the games and I try to break down the games with an objective mind. The one thing that bothers me about this team is I don't, like how when they try to play too fast, they get out of control. That's where you need the leadership to slow the ball down, get them back into a rhythm. Now, I know we're going to get into this up and down tonight. I know this is going to be one of those games where Baylor is going to press you. They're going to push you. You're going to have to make you're – gonna, you're not going to have to – you're not going to be able to make a lot of mistakes in this game. That's what I will say about that. And the one thing that bothers me about this team is that they'll start to get away from what they've had success with. And that's taking the ball to the basket, being aggressive, not just jacking up a bunch of threes because you think that's the way that we're going to play the game and you're feeling the rhythm. There's a time and a place for all that. And sometimes they get a little bit out of control. Another thing that has happened, even though they were short last week, they didn't make the adjustments excuse me, of breaking down and not fouling. Now, 
I told you last week, those referees were horrible in that basketball game against Oklahoma. It was probably the worst officiated game that I had seen in a while. And that's saying a lot for the Big 12 because they got bad officials when you break it all down. But when you start looking at this team and how they're going to have to defense against this Baylor team that they will smother you too. They are big. They are strong. Texas is long and athletic. But are they going to be able to handle the physicality of which Baylor has played? If they can do that, then it will change the way that I see this game. Texas, the games that they have lost, they've gotten out of control. They've had careless turnovers, and they had inopportune turnovers where you crucial times you're making trying to make a pass across the court where you know that you can't do that as a leader, as a point guard. You can't throw the ball cross court in a late situation. They've also come down and just started jacking up shots. I've told you that before. They cannot come and do that. And thirdly, I need to see them run some form of offense. Defensively, these guys have been creating havoc, and I like it, but there's a time and a place as far as breaking down and knowing what you can and cannot do. And if, and I told you this two weeks ago, I said, if I see the Texas Longhorns continue to switch, and this was the game that I was looking at, they were switching on all ball screens. They weren't fighting through the screens. They weren't attacking through the screens. Every time I said, this was the game right here because of the size of Baylor's guards, because of the size of Baylor's guards, that was going to be the biggest thing that I was going to be looking at. Baylor has big guards and they're strong and they're physical. Remember, 12, 45, and 31 are the players that you need to pay attention to for Baylor tonight. If Texas continues to switch and not fight through those screens, this could be a very, very long evening for the Texas Longhorns. I'm excited about this game. I believe Texas will battle with them. The line is only five and a half. And as I told you before, Baylor has been winning each game by their plus 25 scoring margin they're plus 25 scoring margin and every time i look at this game i continue to say okay where can we go with this where can we go with this? their three point percentage 14 of 16 games baylor has won by 11 points or more with tech tech being the closest one at eight and if texas comes down here and they try to shoot a bunch of threes without attacking the basket, you have to get Baylor in foul trouble. Everybody keeps saying Baylor's due for a loss. And if there's a team, as I said, this is Super Tuesday. You got Dickie V calling this game. This is the biggest game across the country. This is what you have been waiting for. This is what I've been waiting for. And I'm, I'm excited, excited to see what this basketball team's going to do. Now, as I told you before, Shaka Smart, I met – I didn't meet with them, but we got a chance to meet with Shaka Smart via Zoom. And Shaka seemed like he was he was rather emotional about the COVID situation because he made it sound as if he went through some very, very tough times during the COVID, which means that some of the players were having a tough time with uh, the COVID. Uh, my man Cedric Golden said that we've been – following you Shaka for a while we met with you we got a chance to know you and he said you sound changed and he said once I've recovered from the COVID tough times were during that time 
And after the season, he will let us know everything that he mean. But it changed his priorities to things that matter. And I told you this at the beginning of the season. When Shaka was talking about the situations with all the, the civil unrest that was going on in the world, he seemed like he was starting to change a little bit. He cared. I know he's always cared about his players. Don't get what I'm saying. Twisted. But he seemed a lot different. He seemed like he was focused on what was going on with those players. And as that was happening, I was I was listening to and watching his mannerisms. And during that time, you could tell that he was having some thoughts. And then when COVID actually hit him personally, you can see that it bothered him. He's still going through it. He's mentally having some times with COVID. And if you've known anybody that's had COVID or you've had COVID, you know, it is very, very tough situation. And you don't know where your mental is, right? And he talked about the players. There's been players that have had COVID on the basketball team and contact tracing and actually going through it, not just the contact tracing, but it makes you think about things differently. Um, and I was impressed and not relieved, right? Not relieved to see him. I was relieved to see him and see that he was, you know, moving forward. He said that they practice on January 31st. And he was excited to be together because it was the first time that everybody had been together for 19 days. That's crazy when you think about it. But I know this, that guy cares about his team. People care about him. He's got them in a game, ready to go, nationally televised. But he did say this, don't put too much stock in what happens today. It's still a long season. He said each year, it's, I mean, each month is progression, right? Every month you want to see more and more and you get better and better. And he said, that is what Baylor has done. They've gotten better and better and better as the season has gone on. And that's the progression that he wants to see for his team. Mind you, Baylor had COVID early and now everybody is on the same page. Texas is going through the COVID situation and now they're waiting to see what happens moving forward. So my prediction for tonight's game is this. Baylor wins. I believe Baylor wins. But we learn a lot about this basketball team, the Texas Longhorn basketball team, because of the grit, the passion, and the fire that they bring to the game. And don't, don't say, hard man, I thought you were part, I thought you loved you some Texas Longhorns. I do love me some Longhorns, all about the Longhorns. But when I look at the matchup of the size of these guards and what the way that this team has been playing for Baylor, I hope I'm eating crow tomorrow. Trust me, I am hoping that I if if I hope I have to eat crow. But if I had to put a mortgage bet on what is going to happen tonight, I have Baylor winning. It's going to be a hard fought game. But I think Baylor pulls away at the end because of the experience that they have, the fact that they've been playing together, and the fact that Texas is just now starting to play together again and have their whole team together. Now, if they when they make that game up that they missed with Baylor earlier in the year, 
we might have a different conversation because Texas will be able to gain that momentum. And as I talked about it before, progression, progression, progression. You want to be playing your best basketball at the end. So I'm hoping for a great turnout tonight. You know, there will be some fans in the stands. I think they've been set up to 2,000 people, roughly 2,000 people. And I look forward to chopping it up with you again. Remember what I said? I got a podcast coming out with baseball coach Ty Harrington that we're going to get a chance to talk some ball. Baseball season's right around the corner. We're going to talk some Texas State baseball. Bobcat's got a great baseball team and a great opportunity to get to Omaha. And, of course, you know, Texas is Omaha or bus. And not only getting to Omaha, it's definitely there to win the World Series. Thank you again for supporting. Thank you again for listening. Get over to at Harge Knox on Twitter, at Harbaugh Harge on Twitter as well. And just remember this. It's your boy Harbaugh Harge, and I appreciate everything that y'all do. But don't forget. Don't believe everything you see, because even salt looks like sugar, and sugar looks like salt. Once again, I'll see you next week. Actually, I'll see you tomorrow. Peace.